You think Chubba Purdy's the starter? I actually? think Chubba Purdy's going to be the starter game one. I don't think that we're going to go after anybody big in the portal for quarterback. I think we're just going to get somebody as, you know, the backup that is going to, hopefully, Chubba Purdy does not get injured. But if he does, we have a quality guy to back him up. That's going to make a lot of people upset. Oh, they're going to be so pissed. 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. He's going to go. Holy cow. Big red junkies. Game by day. Game by day. He is better than better. He is better than better. He is better than better. Turn this stadium inside out. We are on to 2024. We're not talking about this past shit season. No more woe is me feeling no. sorry but for yourself. Nobody not should, that we, not feel that we were feeling that way. That there's a lot of good that came from this season. I agree. The only the only people that should feel sorry for themselves after last year should be lamenting a lot more in their lives. Because they obviously don't really pay attention to what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which there's was a, a lot of growth. Yeah, there's a lot more growth. There's a lot of just changing changing of the guard and changing of things that had to happen. And some of that comes with growing pains. Well, my my favorite quote from the press conference from Rule, the post-game press conference, which, by the way, no coach does a post-game press conference. So thank you, Rule, for doing that one. Uh, but my favorite quote that he had in there was when uh, somebody asked about the fishbowl, his first year in the fishbowl of Nebraska football and stuff like that. He, he brought up how uh, he goes... Anybody that thought that this was a one-year fix, and he kind of paused so he didn't say, go fuck yourself, he said, oh, well, God bless you. <laughs> just, that's, that's the nice Midwesterner way of saying, go and, fuck yourself. And I liked how he, he goes, I'm, I do not call this a rebuild, but this is a build, because we want to build this the way that we run things. Yeah, well, you, you had to. Yeah. We talked about that back at the very beginning when Rule got hired, I think back in January. We said, is this is this a rebuild? We, I think the title of the show was, is this a rebuild show or something like that? And we said, is this a rebuild? Was this a complete teardown? Was this building from the ground up? I think you truly saw him tear it down basically to the studs and, and build it back from the ground. Mm-hmm. You still had some hangover from last year, but I'm, I'm, I'm done with the- But there was growth. In the, yeah, there was, there was definite growth. Yeah. You saw growth in, in guys like Reimer. You saw growth in- and guys like Ty Robinson, guys that had been not living up to potential that they needed to, we we just talked uh, about how Bryce Benhart. I was yeah, just going to say <laughs> guys that have been here maybe for more a than bit. anybody on the team. Yes, yeah, guys that have just been here for a little while that were really kind of stalled out, and hadn't done much, and that growth is only going to continue for next year. Mm-hmm. I I believe it will be, and I think it, it was even more so because they'll have an extra year with them. Get through a year of hearing rules voice. And get further away from Scott Frost. As far as looking forward, you can't really look forward without talking recruiting, without talking transfer portal. Where do we want to go first? Recruiting's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when, when it comes to recruiting, I think we've we're sitting right now. I think right outside the top twenty-five for a recruiting class. Um, he definitely hit his spots where it's needed in this recruiting class. We only took one quarterback. I wish that we would have gotten a second one, but. That'll be the transfer portal. That'll be the transfer portal. I think, what what do you guys think? It'll be one or two transfer quarterbacks. Well, I think it depends on how many of our quarterbacks that we have currently are gone. You know. Well, should we back up and answer that question first? Well, I mean, the, 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 <laughs> typical, the typical question is basically over under one and a half. Come back of the three. Well, 
And it's a little tricky. Cause because we know that one's going to be gone, at least. Sure. But if we have two stay, will they both be quarterbacks next year? That's a question as well. I think the fact that you saw... I think they will be. But I think the fact that you saw Heinrich Harburg do what he did this year and his effectiveness on the field, I think that we would be making a mistake by not trying to move him positions to get him on the field a little bit more, not at the quarterback position. Well, and, and the other thing as far as how many quarterbacks we bring in the portal, we also got to remember there's only 85 scholarships. Yeah. Currently, with the commits that we have and everything else, we're like 15 to 20 over. And we're not going to get a quarterback out of the portal that we aren't offering a scholarship to. Yeah. No. Now, and there are there are there some of those players that are on the over list right now that might be off of get off of scholarship and take a NIL scholarship, basically. Yeah, that will happen uh, to some players. But still, when you're ba- roughly 20 over right now, and you don't have to get to 85 until August, so I'm not panicking over that. A lot of people are like, oh my God. They're... Didn't we start with even more than that yeah. this last season? Yeah. So it's kind of like, do I think that maybe they should take two quarterbacks? Probably, but do we have enough spots for two? I don't know. What I've seen so far is the expectation on roster turnover from this season to post-transfer portal and post-recruiting class. Right now, I think we have, uh, it's 26 kids in this recruiting Mm -hmm. class. That's the estimated number is 26 of what we're going to take in recruiting class. And they think they're going to have 10 to 15 spots, 10 to 15 scholarship spots left to look at the transfer portal. Well, like right now, of the players that we know are either seniors and gone or leaving, like uh, the Tyhans, the Blaze Gunnarsons, yes. like that he talked about, that are just moving on with their lives. Nick Henrich, for Going instance. Going home, getting married, and running the farm. Yeah. Yeah. But Nick Henrich had a year left, but he's retiring from football, you know, stuff like that. I think it's like 13 or 15 guys are gone. So, you know, that opens up some scholarships for those 26. Specifically, well, you might, uh, you, but we we don't know. Tomorrow is when the that's what I'm saying right now. What, who yeah. we know? That's that's what I'm trying to get at. So, and he said he was spending this past week mm-hmm. having those conversations with each player. He and said he also meet, they'll said meet with their coordinator, they'll meet with their position coach and their coordinator, and then if they want to, they'll meet with me. Yep. And everybody that is gonna get that conversation of, hey, I think you're a really good player. I think you've got a great shot to go play somewhere else. They're all going to meet with him, and they're probably going to be in the portal tomorrow, I would guess. Well, and he also it, said, I'm not pushing anybody yeah, out, he, he but said, I'm also going to be honest and yeah. say, you don't have, you're not going to start Yeah, if that's the or, case. Or you might not even get a chance to play yeah. here because you just don't fit our system. Yeah. yeah. He said he wasn't telling anybody to leave, and we want everybody to remain, but he's not going to lie to any of these kids. Exactly. He was pretty much directly asked almost exactly that about Jeff Sims, and it was, his initial response was kind of like when you talk about an ugly thing. She's got a great personality. <laughs> he was he was literally exactly was like that. he was like Jeff Sims is one of the best locker room guys out there. It's like <laughs> that is that is a fucking terrible, terrible, terrible compliment. Yeah. Well and also when they were just talking about quarterbacks in general, he'd bring up Harburg and Purdy and lament the possibility of their development and the future and all this stuff. And not once saying that about Sims. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the writing's on the wall with Sims, just yeah. like you just said. Um, me personally, if I was going to, if I was going to just make a, a guess right now without hearing anything, without knowing anything, I think Harburg and Purdy are both on the roster next year. I agree. I think Harburg is at a different position. I'm not sure. I, Either I don't way, know. I don't I'm, see him leaving. 
Yeah. He lives no, he's and not, breathes he's not Nebraska. Leave, but as far as scholarship positions go and things like that, right now he's on scholarship as a quarterback, and that was a necessity last year. Uh-huh. If it's still a necessity next year, he'll be on scholarship as a quarterback. But I think the goal should be for them to go get at least two portal guys and bringing in Danny Kaleen and you keep or Kalen and you keep uh Chubba Purdy at quarterback. And well, Chubba Purdy's not playing a different position. So no, yeah. no, no, no. But and I, what that's 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 what I think what should be happening. I don't think you can come in with only three quarterbacks in the room again. No. You know, we at least three scholarship quarterbacks. We we talked last year heading into the offseason about I think we had six guys in the room. Mm-hmm. And we we lost. We ended up losing four of them mm-hmm. and bringing one in. Um, I think they really need to at least have a fourth option back there, and I think Kalen should be that fourth option as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I hope we don't go that deep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't necessarily. I don't, I don't think we should have to use him that much. Yeah. But I think you nailed it. We have to have at least four guys back there. Yeah. yeah. Because we were scraping the bottom of the barrel with our third this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I've I've already heard that on Friday they were down in Lawrence, talk or not in Lawrence, uh, Manhattan, Kansas, talking to Will Howard. Will Howard down there. Apparently, uh, Lincoln Riley flew in to talk to him too. Oh fuck! Okay, <laughs> well he's gone. I don't know about that. I don't know. It's it's one of those things, first of all, if you're a quarterback and Lincoln Riley's offering you a spot to come over and saying, I'm going to make you a Heisman Trophy candidate, you're going to take it. If I'm a quarterback <laughs> and I look down at my phone and it says Lincoln Riley, I just delete the call and I go, yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, I don't know if... I don't know if I'll be there tomorrow. He's probably not the only guy that Lincoln Riley's talking to, no. but he'd be an amazing get. There's, there's several quarterbacks that are in the portal right now that would be amazing grabs. You guys think there's any chance that Purdy leaves? He has the ability to because he's technically graduating. Yeah. You guys think I, he's around next I, year? I think he will be back next year, yeah. I think, personally, it, the way that he played in the last two games, yeah, you, you you have to look at the turnovers, but you take away the turnovers, he played well enough to at least be getting a look at what is a whole offseason going to do for him. But, again, you look at the fact that he missed the whole offseason this past year because of injury, and... He's already had surgery. He had groin surgery. It's going to keep him out. He's not going to get to play through the spring again. You're going to kind of be in a situation like... Is it that long of a recovery? I don't know. Well, if you don't have surgery on it, it's three to four months. I would assume if you have surgery, it's at least three to four months. Okay. Like I said, I have no idea. What I've heard talked about is that they're not going to know what he looks like until fall camp. Okay. So, you say technically three to four months would put you at the beginning of April and... Yeah. The spring game is at the end of April this year. That's true. So, so maybe I don't know what I what I've heard is that they're not going to be able to see him in spring. Okay, and so if you don't see him in spring, maybe he doesn't stick around. Maybe it's a Casey Thompson type situation because if he's not going to get an opportunity to start, I think for him where he's at in his career and looking at the fact that his brother's been able to transition to the NFL and been able to play and start in the NFL, his skill set's not that far off from what his brother has. If we're not going to give him an opportunity to start next year, or at least a look, I I would I would not be shocked if you see him go to a you know take off and go to an SMU or a Tulsa or you know one of the one of the lower end non non Power Five schools. But do you think there's any chance right now he's hearing from the coaches you're not going to get a look? No, no, yeah. I don't think you can even have that conversation until you know who's coming in the portal. Yeah, and right now they don't know who's coming in the portal. 
I think even if you do know who is or isn't, I mean, he we already talked about keep it him around. multiple times how he, you know, as limited as he was, both in reps and in health, yeah, he was the best quarterback we had. Yeah. He was the so, only one that looked like a quarterback. Exactly. You can't even really look at a couple of his turnovers because they were just Hail Mary, last second, trying to do something yeah. type. Throws. Well, I wasn't trying to make an excuse for him in, in the end of the Iowa game, but the Iowa player that inter- intercepted him, it was a very clear I didn't see him there, and he was standing right next to the ref. Yep. Like, he was sideways, basically this close to the fucking ref. So, I'm not trying to give him a pass on it because it was a terrible interception. Yep. But you're trained as But a even the best quarterbacks miss a defender. You, all, you like, see it, it in the NFL all the time. Yeah. And you're trained as a quarterback that your eyes are going to avoid looking at the ref as a person on the field. Yep. Like you're not trying to throw around him. You're going to throw through him, and he's supposed to get out of the way. Whereas a dude in a black jersey standing right next to a dude in a black and white jersey. Wasn't it in the Washington Oregon game that we were watching where the ref – the he hit him right he in the chest. Him, and then they yelled and at each other. Yelled at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Bo Nix was like, get the fuck out of the way. And the guy was like, you threw it right at me. <laughs> well, I think the ref said, if I read the lips correctly, the ref goes, I'm part of the field. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that was a chunky ref, too. He wasn't going yeah, to move, no, move fast. Odd to see. But, yeah, as, as far as quarterbacks go, I would say, I would guess only one of those dudes is still in that room next year. So maybe two are on the team, but only one is in the room. Yeah. Okay. I think if you're Harburg, why wouldn't you? I think two of them are in the room. I, I don't think Harburg's switching positions. I just, if you're Harburg, why wouldn't you push? And if you were Satterfield, looking at what Harburg was able to do as far as running the ball. Well, from from Harburg's aspect, the reason you don't push is you started so many games at quarterback, and that's the most fun position to play. I get that. What, but and record-wise, he was successful. Yeah. If you can get on the field every game, playing at the tight end position, like, can you imagine him catching a, a backup screen, tight end screen, uh, swing pass out there and getting going? There's a lot of things you can do with a guy like that that moves over to tight end. Taysom Hill has made a career out of it in the NFL. Are you saying he should replace another tight end? I'm not saying he should replace <laughs> him. You put him out there at the same time, but only throw the ball to one of them. You know, I have, I've not been very nice to Fedoni just because I get so tired. Kind of kind of like what we've talked about, I, I get so tired of the constant hard on that all these people yeah. have for him. It's like, it's just blind. It's, it's blindness. Yep. The, if you watch him play, he's not that good. Stop sucking his dick so much, but it the doesn't same mean time, that he sucks, yeah. but just yeah. relax. He, he's, he's an average tight end, but another year healthy. Maybe he does develop a lot next year. Mm-hmm. Looking at what the coaching staff has been able to do, developing other players that haven't lived up to their ability. Maybe another year healthy gets that done for him. Yep. Maybe getting a quarterback out there. That's, able to throw a little bit better ball, gets that done for him. I'm not writing the guy off. I really, really hope he turns into something awesome. And I'm excited that he's coming back for another year. He seems fired up. He's already posting all kinds of content about not uh, work's not done. I think I still have a lot left, all that stuff. Cool. Good. Go prove it. Yeah. Show us, man. Absolutely. Bryce Benhart did it. You should be able to figure it out. I was mm-hmm. I was way harder on Bryce Benhart than I was on yes. Tony this year. For way longer. <laughs> for way longer. As far as the guys that we have coming in uh, that we know about already, I think Grant Bricks is the one that I'm the most excited about. Um, the other guy that's down in Texas, I can't remember his name right now. He's another offensive lineman. Uh, both of those guys are sized. and but Not Grant Bricks because he's playing in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, at a small school, but the dude from Texas is playing big boy ball already. 
he's a guy that I could see if he's if he if we're gonna see somebody make a transition in their true freshman year to actually maybe see some playing time if need be. He's he's one that I could see getting it done. Cool. Offensive line, that's that's the biggest thing that I'm excited about. There's a couple pieces on defense that are coming in that I think are like getting Buford's brother, that's a big deal. There's a couple pieces on defense that I think are pretty awesome. It'll be interesting to see if Carter Nelson is another Fedoni situation or if the dude comes in and like he's a physical freak. I think he's gonna take time, but you think he's gonna take time? I, I think he's more of a project than people want to admit, but Well he's just he's so gifted athletically. Yeah. You, you're seeing a tight end who's six six that's doing backflips in the end zone like fucking Tyreek Hill. Get out of here. <laughs> that's that's it's crazy to see something like that. For sure. If that translates to playing college football, I don't know. Well, I, th- I think the bigger thing is, is the tra- hurt. the transition of putting eleven guys out on the field and playing against eleven instead of eight. Well, you know, like <laughs> and like I just said about Grant Bricks, you're playing in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like against against nobodies. You're you're not you're not playing big boy ball. It's not like playing in Texas where a lot of those dudes could walk straight over to UT right now and and get a good. Well, look. and also being the only dude on the field. And now you're on the field with not only three more players, but also a bunch of other dudes. And not playing both sides of the ball. Not, yeah. Not punting. Like I said, I, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not trying to trash Carter Nelson by any means whatsoever. I just don't, I'm not going to expect him to come in and be a, you know, a home run immediately. Hey, if our punter struggles next year, he might get a look at punter too. Because he's got some good punting numbers. <laughs> sure. Is there anything else you guys have seen that you're excited about as far as recruiting has been so far? No, because I don't look at recruiting. No, I, no, I'm just saying. I think I can't ask you. I can't. You know, you're not wrong. I, I've still got this last season's taste in my mouth. I haven't really looked into it that much yet. That's fair. I, I think I'm more focused on the transfer portal stuff than I am the recruits. Have you seen anybody that you think is a real target for us? No, I. Honestly, I don't know that we're going to go after anybody big. So at least in the quarterback position, I'm more interested in going after a big time running back than I am a high-profile quarterback. Even when we've got Irvin coming back? and Yeah. Who do you think we're going to go can, after? Can I, can I count that Irvin's going to be healthy since he's no, never been healthy an entire season? Healthy for anything. That's, I mean, that's just reality. That's fair. I wouldn't mind, a, you know, another wide receiver as well. Or to three. Go along. Yeah. But um, I'm more focused on outside the quarterback room than I am inside the quarterback room in the transfer portal. How aggressive do you think this staff is going to be with the transfer portal this first full year here? Not as aggressive as they were. You think yeah. So? They, they are so focused on being a developmental program. It doesn't mean that they're going to ignore the transfer portal because in this day of college football, you can't. You can't ignore it. They're going to pick their spots. Yes. They, they don't want this to be a patchwork build from the transfer portal program. They want to be a high school you know, build from the high school level. And program. I get that. When you're looking at a very limited couple of positions like the quarterbacks and receivers, mm-hmm. that's got to be where you look to make some sort of get for your next season. And also, to me, when he, when Rule brings up that it costs one to one and a half million dollars for a top flight quarterback, to me, that's him looking at the places like the 1890 Collective and saying, be ready. Hey guys, like we're not paying. I don't think eighteen ninety is paying anybody more than two hundred k right now. Are they? Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Okay, but I it's like I haven't seen it. I haven't seen. It's basically on that telling eight, to me. It was basically telling eighteen ninety get ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you're not willing to do this, then we need to find something else that is going to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, to me, when he said that, I didn't necessarily take it as we're not going to get one because we're not going to pay for it. It was more of a just be ready because yeah. this is what we're going to have to do to get that sort of level yep. of talent. I don't feel like 1890 is doing a good enough job marketing and trying to bring in other dollars that aren't just big booster guys. What? They have commercials everywhere. They have billboards everywhere. I, I don't know they have billboards. I don't see their commercials that are at least not, not effective ones that are standing out to me. But they're on the radio all the time. Like, yeah, my I, God. I don't listen to the radio. Okay. So You probably also don't watch that, that much local television. That's that's true, too. I just feel like you you see, you hear of and you see other collectives in other states that are doing a lot of fundraising events. Charity ball type, yeah, type, and some of them are stuff. getting themselves in trouble. They might be trying well, to be local. There is too. that. I will also. Say, I just, I just don't trust that eighteen ninety collective. I don't trust that they're going to spend the money necessary. I don't know. I don't really have anything to back that up off of. Maybe I'm well, just saying it because it's like also run by Wu. Matt Davison. But <laughs> a get, statement like that though from Wu, where he's basically saying it's one to two million dollars for a good quarterback in the in the transfer portal. Chances are good. That kid out of UCLA is probably going to get closer to four or five from wherever the fuck he winds probably. up. But that basically, to me, when Rule said it, people took it different ways. I thought when Rule said that was basically like, and that's not something I'm willing to do. Well, to be fair, that's not his. It's not his call. It's not his call. It's not his job. He can't be part of it. But all of he, those did, things. he did back up and say that yeah. like hardcore after he, he, he made is that the one that has to go shake these hands and make these conversations with these kids. He needs to know what he does and doesn't well, have he available to make that, connection. that right there. He, what yeah. Matt just said, he need he knows what he does and does not have available. Yeah. That's why I think that his comment was more directed at 1890. Like, Hey, I know what you guys spend. Uh, we need to step this up a little bit more. Yeah. But also, as far as like specifically quarterbacks, and, and I remember the week prior when he made the comment about Tony White and saying, "Got to have, you know, make sure you have that support and that commitment. Mm-hmm. They can't just say they want these wins; they got to back it up." Yep. You know, one of the things that kind of sucks is that we all are only focusing on the quarterbacks, but you know that was our bi- biggest pressing issue for the team. But also, one of the things that I'm looking at in the portal, and hell, Rule even said it, and I, w- I was saying this before Rule said it, but also, so I completely agree with him. I don't want a like a Will Howard type. I don't want a Will Howard because I want to bring in a guy that has multiple years left. I don't want just a one-year stopgap fix guy. I want, I'd take like, and I think the UCLA kid is going to be way too expensive, so that's not what I'm trying to say, but a guy that has four years, three years, even two years left to be able to come in here. I don't want a one-year guy uh, coming in as a quarterback. I'll take a one-year guy if it's a running back or any other position, but a quarterback, I want a guy that's going to be here. Hell, even a Jeff Sims type where he had two years left. My question on that is, if their whole goal with recruiting is to be able to go and find a guy that they're going to recruit and have sit back for a year, you're not going to bring on any top-tier quarterback recruit that isn't going to expect to at least play in year two. Yeah. Like, you're you're not going to see that happen. So, <clears throat> that's where I don't hate a Will Howard with only one year left, bring him in. Because if Danny Kalen is who you think he is and you you think he's got a real shot at becoming a starting quarterback in college football, you're going to have to play him next year. Or he's going to be gone. Because he had opportunity. Like, when you look at how good Missouri was this year and the fact that he was already committed to Missouri and he decommitted to, to, to commit to Nebraska, yes, he's a Nebraska kid. He wanted to be here. But Missouri wanted him. Missouri wanted him, and Missouri, as it sits, is better than Nebraska. 
I don't. So I don't you're think you're lose year, a kid like that. I don't if, think one year you're not going to lose a guy like Danny Kalen with how quickly he decommitted and committed to Nebraska. He almost committed to Nebraska before he decommitted from Missouri. It was that quick. I think it will take more than just one year of him not playing. Then, because he's not playing next year anyway. I'm not saying next year. I'm saying bring him in behind a Will Howard and let Will Howard have the year, go crazy, be a senior. We've got Kalen ready after a year on the bench riding behind you. And I guess the big thing is I'm not high on Kalen that he's going to be anybody. So That's fair. That's fair. I don't know that you can be high on anybody coming in out of high school because yeah. you just never fucking know. But that is the kind of program that Rule wants to build. Mm-hmm. And so we need something in the middle. Yep. So I, Having a guy here for three or four years, that, that's not as big of a priority, at least in my mind, just because we are going to start bringing in Rule's guys that he can yeah. coach and Well, and also... When I say, like, even a guy that has two years left, he could still leave after one year. I just want the yeah. availability of multiple years, not just the one year. That's and, and that's totally fair. Will Howard, the reason that he gets me excited, besides just obviously he's had some success, he's also played in a program that's super similar to what Rule's building. He's played in a climate that's super... I mean, fuck, they played in a snow game last week. Like, he's played in the Midwest. He's used to playing big boy football on a team that he, like... Their defense plays very similar to what Big Ten's plays. That's what he's used to practicing, practicing against. You see a guy like, uh, like, his name escapes me, that's leaving UCLA. It's like, Dante, yeah, Dante he, Moore. Yeah, he hasn't played anybody even close. Like, I realize UCLA is coming to the Big Ten, but they're not already in the Big Ten. He's not, like, he's a California guy. He's going to come in here. It's like, ah, oh, what's he going to do in November? It, that's, that's where Will Howard, to me, gets exciting. But it's also, what is Rule selling on any of these portal guys that are coming in? Is he selling them on, hey, I want you for multiple years because I think I can develop you better than where you develop right, right now? Or is he looking at the portal like he's talked about it, and he's saying, I need a Band-Aid for a year. Come be my Band-Aid because you've been developed well. You're good. We can get you you know, a, a couple mil in NIL, and you'll be our Band-Aid for a year and get you out of here. The other thing I think that sucks is hearing uh, big-time recruiting guys like Bud Elliott constantly say, if I'm an offensive player, there's no chance I'm going to Nebraska under Marcus Satterfield. That sucks. Yeah. That should maybe be a sign. Yeah. Well, if we're not going to do any better than we did this year, or at least remove the turnovers, do better than we did this year, if we're not going to do better than that, I think Satterfield's going to be a two-year kind of guy. Yeah. And he'll be out. Yeah. Because... Oh, if we don't Rule see won't, decent Rule won't improvement, get that opportunity. No. Trev's not going to let him no. waste that opportunity. You're seeing it. You're seeing it in all over college football right now, where the head coach and their loyalty. It's not like it was three or four years ago. No, it is. He, if you're not going to make the hard decision, I'm going to make you make the hard decision. Uh-huh. Not to mention, you can't be proactive and make the right decision with Tony White, and then continue to shoot yourself in the dick with Satterfield. Yep. Especially when Tony White wasn't your guy and Satterfield was. That's the tough one. So I I hadn't heard that about not wanting to come play here because of Satterfield. But if that's a legitimate concern for players, that's something to consider. Yeah. And to be fair, he he was saying that even when Satterfield was at South Carolina, too. So it's not just a Nebraska thing. It's a Satterfield thing. I don't know how much of that is that Satterfield just rubs people the wrong way. So a lot of the national media guys don't like him. Yeah, I have no idea. But at the same time, didn't show us anything this year that got us excited. No, No. So. It is what it is. Um, you had one more thing you wanted to run on. Just a curiosity, uh, kind of, you know, since we're in the off season and we're looking forward to twenty twenty four, and hell, we do predictions anyway. So, it's kind of the name of the game. What is your uh, 
crazy, maybe off the wall, way too early prediction for 2024. You don't have to give me a record. I mean, if you want to, that's fine. But just an in general, like something that you think might happen or a player that might step up and do something or whatever else, something to that effect. My biggest thing is I think we continue to see the mental strength of the team get better and we take away some of these mistakes. That's I'm, I'm not going to say what I think the offense or the defense is going to look like, though I really fucking hope the defense looks at least as good as they did this year. Um, but I think the feeling like we're going to lose a game and then we go lose the game, that's going to continue to go away. We're going to start seeing more of a strong mindset from these guys. Pussy. Seven and five. I, he wants a he wants a crazy crazy prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one right now. Eleven off. and one. Sunday <laughs> Sunday Sunday December third. Fourteen and zero. Oh. Ten fourteen p.m. That's what I'm that's what I'm throwing this out here. We already have our schedule for next season, and we've we've seen it. April twenty seventh. I'm calling a win. Nebraska in the spring game for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bold. <laughs> Bold. Crazy. We open the season. August 31st, on a Saturday. First time up in the season on a Saturday. In a, in a He's going bit. all in on this. You mean two years since we played it Saturday in Ireland? Oh, that was on a... That was on, pretty sure it would open on Thursday. No. Okay. It's a week zero game. Anyway. Anyway. I'm I'm calling a win to open the season against UTEP at home. Saturday. Crazy. September 7th. <laughs> Bold. Colorado comes to town. I'm calling a win that day. Bold. Fuck prime. Northern, Northern Iowa. Win. Illinois at home win. We start the season next year with four straight home games. That's awesome. We go at Purdue. That's going to be a tough one, but a win. If you're if you're following along, folks, we're we're talking about five and zero at this point. Rutgers. No, not we. You are. Yeah, just Rutgers. You. I learned my lesson on this bullshit. Rutgers. I'm calling a win. It's at, it's back at home. He is going eleven. Then we're one. at Indiana. We are seven and zero at this point. Jesus fucking. Then we have. I really don't like this. This is making me uncomfortable. We have to go to Columbus, Ohio, play Ohio State. I'm calling a loss there. We have UCLA back home the next week. Win. Then we have a bye week. We go out to California. We play USC. We beat the dick off of USC. I said crazy, not insane. It's all the same. We beat the dick off. They have no defense. It's fine. We have all the defense. And they're not going to have Caleb Williams next year. Uh, yeah, they'll then, have another five-star quarterback that they've already then, got then in the program. Then we're back home. <laughs> yeah, it's probably that fucking kid from Kansas State. Uh, then we're back home at, versus Wisconsin, which I think will be a loss. And the next week at Iowa City. We beat the dick off of USC, but we lose to Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's going to be really good next year. I think Wisconsin rebounds. <laughs> and we're going to Iowa City to beat the brakes off of them and finally make Ferentz retire. So, yes, I am calling us for a solid 10-2. and two. And I'm calling BJ making a public apology about halfway through the season next year. What, August 22nd? Yeah. Yeah. Before the season actually even starts? Yeah. Hey, you wanted bold prediction. That's my thing. No, I, also, I said crazy, not insane. I also think regardless of who it is playing, I think we have a 2,000-yard passer next season. Oh, that thing is, that, the bad thing is, is you say that and it's like, that's that number exciting. sounds so small. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> number sounds so small. We shouldn't but... be excited to get to th- two thousand. <laughs> When's the last time we had a two thousand yard passer? Adrian Martinez, year one, two. I don't know. It's I, regardless. I uh, those are my two bold predictions: ten and two, and a capable quarterback. Casey Thompson had twenty four hundred last year. Oh well, never mind. My crazy, way too early prediction. It goes against one of our pipe or no pipes a couple weeks ago. That do we have the starting quarterback on our roster right now? I think we do. 
You think Chubba Purdy's the starter? I next think year? Chubba Purdy's going to be the starter game one. I don't think that we're going to go after anybody big in the portal for quarterback. I think we're just going to get somebody as, you know, the backup that is going to hopefully Chubba Purdy does not get injured. But if he does, we have a quality guy to back him up. Rule That's going to make a lot of people upset. Oh, they're going to be so pissed. Rule if talk. that happens, that's going to make a lot of One problems. of the reasons why I don't think Harburg is switching positions is because Rule talked about, and I mean, he's talked about this, and we've said it a handful of times, that this is a, he wants this to be a developmental program. They believe in their developmenting, developmental abilities. You see what he did at Temple. You see what he did at Baylor. His first year, he, he started P.J. Walker, who was a freshman. Baylor, he started uh, Charlie Brewer, who was a freshman. They went through some growing pains for that first year. They stuck with them in all of the years after that because they believed in their developmental abilities. I think that's exactly what they're going to try to do with both Harburg and Purdy. I think Purdy's just the better quarterback, so that's why I'm taking Purdy as the starting quarterback. And they're strictly going to... That's another reason why I don't think they're going to go big on the quarterback in the portal. I think they're going to be looking at their developmental abilities, and that's what they're going to try to do with these quarterbacks. You know, He talked about it a lot this year where about Harburg's uh, throwing motion and how they need to work on it, and they just didn't have time to do it in last offseason. I think that they're going to move Satterfield to the tight ends coach. I think they're going to bring in a quarterback's coach to actually work on these guys' uh, movements, and we actually do have our starting quarterback on the roster for next year. Wow. That's, that's some fire right there. Not as much fire at ten and two. <laughs> no, that's. I think that's almost a that's shocking like a city to me, ablaze. It's almost as shocking to me though. My my last question I have for you, and I'll let it go from here. Do you think? First of all, you already you already answered part of it. Was do you think Satterfield's still coaching QBs next year? I don't. I don't either. I don't either. It's, I, again, especially he brought it up that. Our initial he, he plan. Asked, he was asked the question, and then he went into. He said our initial plan was yeah. to have him be the offense coordinator and tight ends coach, tight and ends it didn't coach. work out. Yeah. Well, now you can make it work out because even the tight ends coach that they have that they had to replace Wager for, they told him this is on an interim basis for you know, like this isn't like a long term thing. That and I'm I mean, sorry, but Fedoni. Well, I mean, it's like he didn't. I'm saying there's the coach, a chance that you could stay here, but don't count on it necessarily. Hell, they could just push him back to an analyst. Yeah. And then you move Satterfield back over to the tight end spot, and you bring in an actual quarterback coach. Well, he made mention when he was talking about that that there's the NCAA is looking at um, allowing allowing analysts, analysts to be on the field. Well, and, and coach to coach during the week. I yeah, didn't think that, it was that's to be on the field and actually do anything. Well, to be on the field to coach the players, like actually allow them to do stuff with the players on the field. I thought it was just during the week. I didn't realize well, yeah, it was going to be. But that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm talking game. Like the difference between Harbaugh and game day and, and during the week. So my my last question was going to be: Do you think there's any change to what Ed Foley's responsibilities are? No, because what else is he going to do? Because the special teams regressed this year. I don't know that they regressed. They were pretty much the same because they were bad. They've been bad. Like <laughs> I thought they were better last year than they were this year. I don't. I think they sucked equally. <laughs> you don't have any thoughts? Not really. No. I- I, I, I don't know what else, I mean, other than being fired, what else is a Foley going to do? Become a full-time recruiting coordinator and let somebody else take over special teams? Yeah, no, I don't. But the thing is, it, since he's a special teams coordinator, I would go back to, in asking your, answering your question, I would go back to what he said, Rule said about Satterfield, 
how silly it would be to fire a coordinator after only one year. I mean, I'm not saying those I, are the exact same things, yeah. but I'm just going off those words. Yeah, I mean, that's fair if you want to look at it that way. I guess I just don't look at them the same because it's not like Foley's dialing up plays and, mm-hmm. you know, doing anything. It, that's not a system that you're implementing. That's basically just a, how are you practicing? How are you putting the special teams out there during the week? And the special teams was just, I mean, they were awful this year. You look at the quarterbacks and special teams to me, That's those are the two biggest negatives for our season. I also just don't see rule making wholesale changes after only one year. That's fair. That's that's why I wondered if maybe he would just be dialed back as far as coaching perspective goes. Because from a recruiting standpoint, especially local recruiting, I mean, the guy was everywhere. He he set foot in every single high school that has a football team in the state of Nebraska yeah. last season. That's huge. He's a big-time local presence guy. Uh, and he's pretty big in Jersey, too, isn't he? Wasn't he? Isn't he? It's like him and Rule or the Jersey area guys. I have no idea. Him and, uh, and the, what's his name? The linebackers coach. Dvorak. Dvorak. They're all from up there. But I, that's all I got. That's my big preseason preview. We probably won't do another show until Jan- beginning of January. Yeah. We'll be kicking off the new season. Might have some fresh looks to some, some things. We're going to talk about it and see what it's all about. We appreciate you guys in 2023. Yes. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Hornester football history.